This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. I wish I had any kind of rhythm. I mean, I can dance. Your boy's a pretty good dancer, but like when I was in fucking middle school, rapping, like I had like a buddy that could rap and we all try to rap and I have just no fucking rhythm when it comes to rapping. It's unbelievable. Speaking of that, there was this guy. I want to give him a little shine here. Let's see if I can find him, right? This is Unprop 2. Um, it's on. It's it's going around viral on uh, on Instagram and uh, and all that stuff. Basically, this kid, this heavy set kid, uh, he was on. Uh, he was on. Um, let me go to Instagram. Actually, he was. You guys remember Vine? Are you guys are you guys fucking old enough to remember Vine? So he was on Vine. I thought he was actually kind of funny, right? Chubbier kid, um, but funny. God damn it. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I, we're doing the pickums, boys. Okay, I just, <coughs> I just got done eating spaghetti. It's crawling back up my throat. Um, shit. Sorry, I thought this would be a lot fucking quicker, but I just watched this when I was eating dinner. This is like the second time I watched. It. I watched it this morning at work, but I don't think I appreciated it as much as I did. This guy, I mean, this guy's got like billion views on this thing at this point so it's not that uh it's not that uh important like i mean my little podcast isn't gonna help this guy promote things anymore however uh i thought it was actually really really good so let me see if i can find it um oh did they take it down am i taking it oh here we go this is pretty good have you heard the song wop Work here, Instagram. That sound wop, dude. Wet ass pussy. <laughs> what would the dude version of that should be? Like fucking hop, like a hard ass penis. I said certified freak. Seven days a week. Hard ass penis. Make that pussy go to sleep. So uh, I just want to play a little clip of it. I saw it before. It's really funny. Barcelona Sports tweeted out. You follow him on Instagram. Nolan, something, something, something. Uh, heavy set guy, right? Has a lisp video gamer, and this dude can fucking rap. And I'm like, why the fuck can I not rap? I want to rap. I like hip hop. I like, you know, that's my, my, my music of choice. I've been a big rap fan my whole life, hip hop fan my whole life. I mean, I don't know. Gun to your head. Do a poll right now. I mean, you don't have the answer. Just answer it yourself. If you could rap or sing, what would you rather do? Sing. 100%. I'd rather be able to fucking sing, get the chicks. Anyway, see, I can sing a little bit. Um, pick them. August 22nd, UFC Vegas, seven week card, right? I'm not going to sugarcoat it, okay? I'm not going to bury the lead. I'm not going to tell you guys otherwise. I don't work for anybody but myself. It's a weak card. There is, um, I think, some interesting fights. I'm actually looking forward to a couple of these fights, a couple of these uh, um kind of no names kind of making their way and maybe not even no names is up and comers um we got some good ones co-main event though is it, it kind of came to glass the main event's really good I, i'm interested in the main event that's the fight i'm probably gonna talk about the most so let's get through this shout out oh fuck you i want to shout him out and i should have had to prepare why am i so unprepared um okay this is uh shout out nasium 
still flexing. N-A-C-I-M-E-S. No, that's that that's the still part. N-A <clears throat> N-A-I or fuck you. N-A-C-I-M-E. Still flexing. Nassim, if I pronounce your name wrong, he's a supporter of the podcast. He said, you got any plays, podcast coming out? I'm going to give him some plays. I, I went pretty deep. There's some fights, fighters that people probably don't know. I think a lot of the lines are probably – Vegas did a good job of placing these lines. I don't think they want people winning money on this on these fights, but I got some plays. I got some plays. First fight of the night, Mark Stringle versus Timur Velev. Stringle's a plus 420 underdog. He is 16-2 – or excuse me, 18-2. He's fighting Timur Velev. He was 16 and 2. He's a minus 560 favorite. I'll tell you right now, avoid this fight. Do not place money in this fight, Timur. Timur, he was supposed to fight in the UFC earlier. It canceled bout with Jamal Emmers. Emmers ended up taking that fight with that 35er Hawaiian guy. I can't remember his name. Um, he's back now. Timur, he's fighting Mark Stringle, making his UFC debut, both making their UFC debuts. Timur's high favorite just because he's got a lot of fights on his record. He's Fought Bellator, I believe, right? No, World Series of Fighting. He fought PFL. Um, his only loss is to Chris Gutierrez, who I believe fights in the UFC, right? Chris Gutierrez fights in the UFC? <laughs> yeah, his only loss is that by split decision. He's your typical, you know, Eastern European fighter. This fucking guy, you know, he's from Russia. He's going to fucking take you down. He's he's decent strike. He's strong. He's powerful. He's got a good record uh, for a reason. He's fighting Mark Strangle, who's fighting out of the Philippines. I believe he's... Uh, he, I don't know if he's American or not. I don't want to say he is. I thought he was American. No, he's born in Tokyo, Japan. I don't know what this guy is. But uh, he's got a few, pool, a, few uh, a few scarf hold arm locks, which is unique. That's usually like a fucking Alexi Olenek thing. He's got two losses on his record. Um, kind of fought really... I mean, he's fought kind of all over. He's got some wins everywhere. This fight, I think, is a little bit closer on paper than maybe what it seems. I think Strangle has a good record, but I don't think he's fought the level of competition Timor is. Timor's just a minus 560 favorite for his making his USD debut. No, he's established fighting at World Series of Fighting, fighting at PFL. I'm going to pick Timor. I'm not going to play this fight. There's not a ton of plays on this card. I'm not, I learned my lesson on betting every single fucking fight. I took a bath last weekend, a bunch of L's. People were just handing me L's all week at work. Um, but Timor, again, I think is just going to be the more... I think their, their games are similar. I think he's Probably going to be able to control the striking. I think Strangle's going to want to get this fight to the ground, as does Timor, but I think Timor can prevent it from going there. If you know what I mean, I, I think he'll be able to stop Strangle trying to get him to the ground. I think the striking is on Timor's advantage here. He is powerful. He is strong. Um, cardio could play a factor in here. We'll see how the cardio goes. But, you know, 135ers kicking off the night. I'm going to go Timor. I'm going to go Chuck. Chuckity Chuck Chuck. Give you a big old chalky bite there of Timor, who's a huge favorite. All right, next up, Matthew Selmsberger. Who is six and two? He's a my, uh, plus one hundred two underdog. He's fighting Carlton minus. Could be minus minus menus. I don't know Carlton Banks. I don't fucking know. Ten and one minus one twenty favorite. This is a fight I really dove deep in because Carlton. It's it's tough being named Carlton being a fighter, right? Because Carlton Banks from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That's what everyone's gonna associate with you. You're also a black guy from Alaska. Now I don't want to be racist because I'm not, and I don't know anything about Alaska. I know Jared Cannoneer's from Alaska. This is a, Are these two the only two black guys from Alaska? Inform me, are there a lot of black people in Alaska? Because whenever I think Alaska, I think of just like white dudes who don't cut their hair. Like think of Mystery Alaska, Russell Crowe playing ice hockey. Um, I don't know if black people are in Alaska, but if they are, good, good for you black people. You get paid to live in Alaska, so that's pretty cool. 
Really hard to find footage on this guy. I know he has a win over Justin Bulkholtz. He has a loss to Rick Story in PFL. He doesn't fight all that active. He took two years off, fought. His last fight was February. Before that was 2018. Took all fights off 2019. Saw his Rick Story fights. The only fight I could really get a hold of. He got choked out by Rick Story. Matthew Sullensberger, he's from Frederick, Maryland, East Coast. Um, he's a solid prospect. He's His last fight out, last one, two fights out. I can't remember his last fight. Won by a pretty sick... Uh, Sick elbow knockout. It was, it was it was pretty nice. His his opponents that he's fought are so and so. I think he's big. I think he's strong. Um, it's going to be an interesting fight here. Typically, fighters that still live in Alaska and train in Alaska, they're not the most well rounded people. Uh, fighters, excuse me, people, fighters, whatever. They're not the most well rounded fighters. You know, Jared Cannonier really didn't make a push to he moved to America. What the fuck? Alaska's America, Brian. What is wrong with me? God, I just got canceled right there. Jared Cannonier did not really make a breakthrough to move to Arizona. Uh, I don't really know much about Carlton. If he is in Alaska still, if he's not, whatever. Um, I just know he's got a good win over Buckholz in Alaska. Most fights are in Alaska besides the Rick Story fight. I'm going to go underdog here. It's a little risky, but boys, boys, it's my underdog locking a knife. There's not a ton of plays. Um... Sullenberger, I think, is big, strong in the clinch, has some power. He's been finished before. Um, uh, Helmets and Banks. Carlton isn't the most uh, prolific finisher. He's got uh, some decent wins and record. Again, I haven't seen much tape of him. I can't find it. He does have that loss. His only loss is Rick Story, who is a, a solid UFC vet, a little older in age. I think Sullenberger is going to you know, work some um, striking, maybe pin him against the cage, bustle him around a little bit. They're about the same exact size. Both about 5'10", 5'11", 170. Um, Sullenberger, to me, seems a little bigger. But again, i got to see him at the stare down. I'm going to go Sullenberger here. He's a slight dog at plus 102. I think that's a good play. Um, you're going to get double your money, obviously. And then this line's going to move maybe a little bit uh, just because I think they're both unknown if money comes on either side. Uh, but I'm going to go Sullenberger. I mean, if, if Carlton was the underdog, maybe I lean that way, even though I haven't really seen fucking footage of him. Does have a pretty impressive record. But again, just the inactivity and the people he has fought. I'm going to go Sullenberger, even though both guys... Are they ready for the UFC? I don't know. Maybe a contender series would have been better, but they are filling cards. So props to both these guys are getting their shot. Uh, all right, next up, Ike Villanueva, 15, 16 at 10. He is a – there's no line for this fight. This is the only fight that doesn't have a line. This fight got made just recently. Um, he is fighting Jordan Wright, who's 10-0. This guy looked like a fucking serial killer on the uh, contender series. This guy's fought bums, right? He's 10-0, but he has fought bums. This is like an ongoing joke between uh, – I, I want to shout them out, but I can't remember the names. They're on uh thing. So listen, this guy's literally out of his 10 wins. He's only fought three people with a winning record. He fought a guy named Julian Hernandez, who's zero and 10, right? And when it looked at his record, he doesn't want to fight still. He fought a guy named Edward Darby. who's was 0 and 21. He fought a guy, Toby O'Neill's 0 and five. A lot of these guys never fought again. He fought a guy named John Starn Stern, who was one and two. He went on and won four and four. Craig Wilkerson finally beat a guy with a winning record. Anthony Hernandez on the contender series got put out in the first round. Then Gabriel Checo, he uh, kneed and punched him, knocked him out in uh, last time out, last time he fought back in January. Jordan Wright's a guy a lot of people like, uh, you know, he, he, he's a California guy, right? Yeah, no, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Jack and Reed. So he's from California. I think of the Beverly Hills Ninja. Yeah, the Beverly Hills. He's from Bev Hills, trains at uh, Jackson Wink. People like this kid, right? He's, he's a can crusher. That's what they call him. Ike Villanueva looked like complete garbage. He just, he debut was at heavyweight. This fight is at 205. Jordan Wright is an 85er, but he is tall. So the 205 difference isn't going to be that big of a deal. I want to go Jordan Wright here. I really do. Cause I think Ike Villanueva looks so bad in his debut, but 
Jordan Wright again has a little bit of a chin issue. Nancy, uh, Puffy, Huffy, what was that fucking guy's name? Fluffy, Fluffy Hernandez, who he who he lost to, hasn't really done all that well in the UFC. So I'm gonna go Ike Villanueva here. I don't have a line. I'm assuming Ike's gonna be a substantial favorite here. Maybe I'll change my mind when the line comes out. I mean, if Jordan's anywhere north of 200, I say you probably p- place a bet on him because I think Ike Villanueva isn't very great. 16 and 10, he's got you know slow. I think Jordan Wright's gonna be quicker. I'm just worried about his chin. Um, but yeah, if Jordan Wright is north of 200. Bet Jordan Wright, for sure. But right now, when I don't have a line, just staring at the paper, I'm going to go Ike Villanueva. All right. Right before I got on, they added this fight. It's not on my paper. I don't know if it's true. Typology, are you right or not? Dwight Grant, 10-2 and two versus Callan Bourne, 7-1. No lines for any of these fights. Dwight Grant was supposed to fight Jared Gooden, which is a fight I was looking forward to. Gooden got hurt. Uh, Sussenberger was actually supposed to fight Philip Rowe, by the way. Um, Philip Rowe got hurt as well. Um, that would have been a good fight. Callum Bourne, don't know much about him. 7-1, looked him up. I'm going to go Grant here. Uh, no line. Grant's obviously going to be the substantial favorite. Again, if Callum Bourne's anywhere north of 300, 400, maybe take a look at him. I don't know him all that well. Let me just kind of dig in his record. This literally, Chris Trager, this literally got added as I was breaking down this card. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Bourne got a lot of submissions on his record. Hasn't really fought anybody. LFA, he's got Cassis Kane, 10 of 5. Austin Jones, 6 and 4. That's his loss. It's not a great loss. He beat Craig Fairley at 3 and 3 with a guillotine. Yeah, so his record's not impressive. So I would hammer Dwight Grant, even though he's going to be a huge favorite. So literally, that fight just got added to me. So I was a little unprepared. I apologize. Next up, Austin Hubbard, 12 and 4. He is a plus 128 underdog. A little surprising. It was Joe Selecki, who's 9 and 2, minus 152 favorite. Joe Selecki's a guy that, uh, contender series guy, I believe. A lot of people seem to like him. He won um, Guillotine Choke in the contender series and then dismantled Matt Wyman, which we all remember how sad that fight was. Um, Overall, I'm not overly impressed with Selecki. He's got some good uh, stuff on the ground. His stand-up is coming along. I thought he should have finished Matt Wyman. I'm not really sure what the why he didn't or what the motor was. Maybe he felt bad for Wyman. Austin Hubbard's a guy who embarrassed Max Rokoff. Basically, he kicked Max Rokoff out of the UFC. He's a guy that I actually really like. Uh, Austin Hubbard's as tough as they come, though. I mean, Marco Massey lost the decision. That guy's a fucking silver medalist wrestler. Kyle Prepperlek, that's the fight that he got his fucking leg cut open, and he has a decision against Hami, a decision loss against Davi Hamas. He's fought the elite of elite. Joe Selecki, good on the ground, but is he better than Davi Hamas? Is he, I mean, Mark Madsen isn't uh, a submission throw on the ground, but is he better than getting people down than Mark Madsen? I like Hubbard here. I like Hubbard here. He's another underdog lock. Hey, I don't think this one is as risky. I really like Sellenberger in that lineup, so I picked him as underdog lock. Austin Hubbard, another underdog lock. That's two locks for you. Plus 128, I think it's robbing people. Hubbard, again, not the most technical guy in the world. His uh, submissions aren't great on the ground, but he's tough to get down. He's tough to finish. He's stubborn on the feet, right? His his punches aren't fantastic. He's not going to knock you out, but he's going to put pressure in your face, and he's going to take it. Joe Selecki, again, a guy a lot of people seem to be a little bit high on. I think it may be a little too high on him. Um, he looked good in the contender series, uh, and, and he looked good against Matt Wyman, but Matt Wyman's fucking training with beagles and squirrels in his backyard. He isn't, you know, He doesn't train with real people anymore. Um, so I'm going to go Hubbard as an underdog here play. I, I'm, I'm actually really confident in this pick. 
Um, yeah, Hubbard impressed me with his toughness and every single one of his UFC fights, win, lose, or draw. If you don't get fini- finished by Davi Hamas on the ground, then then you're a pretty solid dude. And when you get your fucking leg cut open like that, or when you had swelling or whatever it is, I mean, fuck off for even coming back. That's ballsy. All right, next up, Mizuki. Anyway, 14 and 5. She's a minus 152 favorite. She's fighting Amanda Lemus, who's 7 1 and 1. She is a plus 128 underdog. Lemus is a girl who I, she kind of fell off my radar because I haven't seen her fight in a while. So she made a UFC debut in 2017, lost to Leslie Smith by elbows. I remember that fight. And then she came back uh, last December and submitted Marina Granger by rear naked choke, which was an impressive fight. She's talented on the ground. Mizuki is a Ray Longo trained female fighter. She believes she was in a victor for a while. She made a UFC debut in August of last year, won by split decision over Yanan Wu. Um, she's got some decent wins. She's got some armbar wins. She's got some decision wins. Um, she's better on the ground than she is her feet, but even though she's working with Ray, I'm, I'm sure she's training stuff on her feet. I like the favorite here. I like uh, Mizuki. I think she's going to be a little bit better everywhere, a little more athletic, a little more faster than Lemos. I think Lemos needs to be a little more active. She's Brazilian. She probably has a really good submission game. Um, she does have a submission win over Granger, which is impressive, but I think anyway is going to be a little too slick for her, and, and, and I like her to win. Minus 152. You could bet it. I don't love betting female fights because they're unpredictable, and Lemos hasn't have a lot, doesn't have a lot on tape. She's 7-1-1, 1-1 one one, one one in the UFC, so you know, there's not a lot to go by there. Uh, Inuki has more fights, more fights on tape, more fights in better organizations. So you go and you go the favorite here. You go Mizuki. It's it's a no-brainer. I mean, if you're a huge Lemos fan, then uh, by all means. All right, fight I'm looking forward to most. Kicking off the main card, besides the main event. Tasake Sato, 16-3. and three. He is a plus 158. Underdog, he's fighting Daniel Rodriguez, 12-1, minus 188. Favorite and boys. Dex. Dex. Like Dex. Oh, dogs. Sure. I like dogs. I played the wrong fucking jingle. I am. Not, I should have played this for the Austin Hubbard thing. I apologize. I'm not editing that out. I am not taking Takashi Soto. I am taking Daniel Rodriguez, and he is the MMA takes. Brian Petrie, moral lock of the century. Daniel Rodriguez is a fucking killer. He's impressed me since he came into the UFC. His two fights have been outstanding. His cardio is great for being a kind of a bigger 70, right? He just looks big. He's 6'1", 170, but he looks kind of big destroyed Tim Means, right? Destroyed Gabe Green in a, a fight that he took on like last minute and Gabe Green's got big, big power. Destroyed him. His only loss is to Victor Reina who by split decision he just lost on the contender series. He's obviously gotten a lot better from then. Takashi Soto though, this guy's got some fucking power. He's, he's a good size uh, fighter. Not a lot of Japanese guys are fighting in uh, UFC right now. This is one of the guys. There's only a handful of them. Um, he's got some big power. He knocked out Jason Witt, who was an underdog play for me a while ago. Uh, embarrassed by that. Jason Witt, wrestler, took a fight on short notice, got fucking slept. Blah Hammett was his last loss. Um, he's also was only lost in the UFC as Blah Hammett. Rear naked choke round three. Fairly competitive fight. Um, I like Rodriguez here. Big time. Minus 188 doesn't scare me, guys. Minus 188 makes me want to put a lot of shekels on him. I think Rodriguez has a good chin. I think he moves really well. I think he's going to kick Sato's legs. I think he has advantage on the ground if it goes there. He does have some pretty nasty chokes. Training with a good camp. Sato's not to be slept on here. I wouldn't mind people picking a Sato uh, underdog play here. This is a fight that I think is uh, maybe a little closer on paper. A lot of people might be scared of the minus 188 by Daniel Rodriguez. Not me. 
Okay, I'm on the D-Rod train, baby. Um, I just think he's going to be better everywhere. I really do. Sato has a really good left hand. He slows down in the fights, and I think he's uh, hittable. I think Daniel Rodriguez has got to be careful in those early beginnings of the first round, maybe early beginning of the second. Start kicking away at him. Start picking him apart. Don't rush in. Land your strikes, and I think he can do it here. This could be a really good fucking fight because – Excuse me. Both these guys are solid dudes. Sato, um, constantly the underdog. I mean, he was a huge favorite last time out, but other than that, he's always the underdog. Uh, 16 and 3, good size on him. Dan Rodriguez, though, this guy, I mean, he's quickly becoming a guy I'm keeping an eye on. I think this kid's times now. He's 33 years old. He's not a kid, right? He's the same age as me. Actually, I'm older than him. I'm 34 now. I'm an old as fuck. Um, but Dan Rodriguez needs to get this win here um, to, to move forward. Cause I think he's marketable. I think he's got a good story. I think he's action packed. Um, and Sato been in the UFC for a little bit here. He's got some good wins. He's fought some good people. Big, big time on Dana Rodriguez. Mortal lock. Ignore the jingle. I fucked up. All right. Next up, you got Mariah Agapavo. I should pronounce her name because she's a fucking savage. Nine and one minus 1350. You heard me right. Minus 1350. She's fighting Shannon Dobson. Three and four plus uh, 8-10. I'm not breaking down this fight. Mariah's going to destroy her. She called her out after a win. This girl's a savage. I mean, listen, Shannon Dobson's 3-4, and four, okay? She shouldn't be in the UFC, right? And that's just the fact, right? She's tiny for this division. Mariah's going to fucking pick her apart, probably finish her on the ground by submission. Uh, this, I mean, you want to bet it? I mean, do you want to bet $1,500 to win fucking 120 bucks? No, you don't. Um, that's insane line. They're literally Vegas is like, I dare you to take Dobson. Um, if I'm a betting man, I'm betting numbers. I'd put 10 bucks on Dobson. Why the fuck not? But Mariah is just that fucking savage. And she's going to go in there and finish Dobson quick, quickly. And I'm going to be done talking about this fight quickly. All right. Next up, Mike Rodriguez, 10 and four. He is a minus 240 favorite. He is fighting Marcin Pracnial, who is 13 and four plus 198. This fight stinks. I don't know why it's so high in the card. I get it. Trying to promote 205. Rodriguez, I think, has one win in the OC. So he came from the contender series, won that, flying knee, punches, good fight for him um, against a guy who was me. Lost to Devin Clark by decision, right? Knocked out Adam Milstead. Who gives a fuck? And then uh, no contest against John Allen. I don't know what happened there. Maybe some weed or something uh, on Allen's part. I don't know what happened in that fight. Anyway, let's click on it. Let's see. Ends in a no contest. Um, originally, it went for Allen. Result of the bout was later changed no contest. He failed it. In, in comp- so Allen beat. Okay, I remember that fight. Allen beat uh, Rodriguez, and I think he got popped for something. Steroids, weed, whatever. And then he got knocked out by Jong Un Jun. His last time out, Rodriguez did. Marching Prakneo, I believe, does not have a win in the UFC. This guy looks super impressive, right? His body looks great. He just got knocked out by Sam Alvey, and he's got knocked out by Magomed and Kalayev. Um, both in round one, not the worst thing to get knocked out by either of those guys. I mean, Alves does have that power, even though he's not that great. Uh, Magomedov and Kalayev, I think it's a darker for the two of five. I think he's, he's, he's a problem. I think he's going to knock out Ian Kutalaba. I'm going to go risky here. This is super risky. Practicals. Plus 198. I just don't like what Mike Rodriguez has done on paper. I think he's the more athletic guy. I think he probably has a little more skills to his game. Trains with Joe Lozon, so he's decent on the ground. Has some flashy stuff, but Pracnio obviously has a chin problem. Does have a lot of knockouts on his record himself. This could be an issue where he just does not perform well in the UFC. I don't think Rodriguez is like a one-punch touch knockout guy. Like Ankalaev can crack. 
head kicks and punches. Sam Alvey's got that left hand. I don't think Rodriguez has that. I think Procnow is going to open up his game here. This is do or die for him. I think he'll get cut. I think my Rodriguez, if he looks like shit, he'll get cut. Um, because even though you're going to take away the Allen win- loss, right? Allen beat him. Um, you can't take it away from people's minds, even though I don't remember the fight because it probably stunk. Uh, I'm going to take Procnow here as a plus. 198. I like this as a big, big dog here. If you're dog chasing like me, <laughs> um, I apologize. If you dog chasing, uh, this might be a good. This might be a good thing. If you're up money, might be good to place this. If you're down money, this could be a hail mary. Um, really, you can decide. But I will be betting this fight. Okay. If you're listening to me, huh? If it's up to me, I'm betting this fight. I just. I just think Rodriguez isn't that good. He can come out. I mean, just him being a minus 240 just doesn't sit well with me. So I'm going to take Procneo, even though he's been knocked out in his last two fights. Could get knocked out again, or he can knock him out, right? Let's go. Let's roll the dice. That's what gambling's about, okay? Co-main event of Oven St. Peru, 24 and 14. He's a plus 116 underdog. He's fighting Alonzo Menefield, 9 and 1, minus 134. Favorite? Send him home. Send him home early. Send him home early. Alonzo Menafield. Listen, uh, I know he looked like shit his last time out. He gassed out against Devin Clark. Devin Clark's a really awkward guy to fight. He's all over you. He's dragging on you. Um, you know, he doesn't, you know, he shoots for legs all the time. He's a built like a shit brick house. He usually slows down. Devin Clark looked really good. Alonzo Menafield trains out of Safe Size Gym down there, Fortis MMA. And he looks in incredible shape, right? He's ripped up. He's jacked. He took this fight in short notice. Oven was supposed to fight. Who was Oven supposed to fight? Oven supposed to fight Shamil Gazmalov. Gazmalov withdrew, so Ovens took this fight. Back down to 205. Did his little stint at heavyweight. Had a, a unanimous decision loss to Ben Rothwell. Um, this fight gets to the ground. I'm going to be a little bit nervous that Ovens is going to win here. I was on Ovens earlier in the week. Um, I thought maybe you can take him down, Von Flu choke, OSP choke, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think he'll have the advantage on the ground. I just think Menafield, though, is going to be such a problem that first round. Ovens is kind of lackadaisical, right? He's long, he's langy, keeps his hands out. I don't know what langy means. Rangy. Long and rangy, he keeps his hands out, and he doesn't move his head all that well. He doesn't really put his hands up. He kind of just tries to block with his hands because he does have really good reflexes. He's a good athlete. I just think you can't do that with Menafield. I think Menafield hits too fucking hard. I think he's embarrassed by the Devin Clark thing. I think his coach, Safe Sayadu, is a fucking hard ass, said, you're not taking another fight till you get cardio up. The fact that he's taking this fight on short notice lets me know that he probably does have his cardio up because he looks in fantastic shape, but he always does. Um, so I was on Ovens earlier because he was the underdog. And again, I'm underdog chasing. Rough, rough. But when I look at it, I think Menafield's a better fighter here. I think he's uh, um, in his prime. I think he's young. I think he's hungry. I think he wants that loss back. And uh, knocking out a guy like Ovens St. Prue is in a, uh, a fucking established vet that he is. is a big, big task. And I, and I like him for it, right? Minus 134. Boys, that's a bettable fight. Let me tell you something. Let me, let me, let me tell you something. That's a bettable fight right there if I've ever seen one. Um, so action, action, action. Let's get some action, baby. All right, main event, Pedro Munoz, 18-4, minus 260 favorite. He's fighting Frankie the Answer Edgar, 23-8-1. and eight and one. He's a plus 215 underdog. I will not fall into the same trap I've all. I If you don't know this, you know, my brain sometimes in MMA is stuck in like 2012, right? And I remember when Frankie was the king, right? Frankie was beating Greg Maynard. He's beating BJ Penn twice. He's fighting Benson Henderson twice in super close fights. And he's just beating everybody. Hot take. I think Frankie Edgar's best weight class is 155. He had the speed. He had the advantage. He was undersized, but he had the speed. He had the quickness. He had the cardio. However, 
145, he did okay. Just couldn't get past Joe Zato. Lately, he's been a little chinny. Knocked out by Brian Ortega. Knocked out by uh, Korean Zombie. He's back now. Usually, Frankie rebounds after losses really, really well. At 135, he looks at me in incredible shape, right? He's ripped up. He's thin. He's lean. 135 is a good weight class for him, even though his speed isn't going to be as important now. His speed and his cardio aren't going to be there because guys at 135, unless you're a fucking bum, you are fast and you have cardio. Pedro Munoz has cardio. He's never been five rounds before in the UFC. I don't think he's ever been five rounds elsewhere. It's coming off a loss over Aljamain Sterling. Very close fight. Aljamain, uh, number one bantamweight in the world, look good, look awkward. Pedro has good boxing. Really tough to put out. He's got a uh, fucking solid chin. Gets a little wild sometimes. I don't think he'll do that with Frankie. I think they're going to exchange on the feet. If I was Frankie, at plus 215, what I would do is you got to mix up your boxing and wrestling. I mean, that's what got you to the dance. That's what made you so good at, at 155. You took everyone down at 155. 145, you tried to do the same thing. Didn't really work out that well because of speed. You got to wrestle Munoz. Yeah, I know Munoz is a light out on the ground. He's very, very good on the ground. But Frankie is good on the ground as well. I mean, the only time we've really seen him in submission trouble is his UFC debut versus Tyson Griffin, where he fucking got knee barred and wouldn't tap. Um, I bet Frankie a lot. I picked him in the Max fight, wrong. Picked him in the Ortega fight, wrong. Picked him in the Zombie fight, wrong. I'm not going to fall into the trap again, even though Frankie's plus 215 and my brain is still at 2012. And I go, oh, Frankie Edgar at plus 215. That's Frankie Edgar. That's Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar is also 37, 38 years old right now. I'm going to go Pedro Munoz. I'm going to go Chalk. I'm going to go minus 260. Um, I think it is playable. I, if it was over 300, I maybe would shy away from it. Really depends what your bankroll is. Really depends what you are on the night. If you need a Hail Mary, I would maybe go Procneal over Edgar. But listen, it's Frankie Edgar. He's a fucking legend. He can turn the clock back anytime. I just think Munoz is going to be a little too much for him in the power department. I think the speed is going to be on Munoz's side as well. No doubt that Frankie's getting faster, that he's losing weight. And he's training with quicker people. I just think with his age and the fact that he's been in there and the timing's going to be a little different at 135. Munoz is pretty fast with his hands. He's not the fast guy in the vision, but he is fast with his hands. Really lights out with his chokes on the ground. Um, again, I don't think Frankie's going to get submitted here. That'd be very odd for me. I mean, Munoz could crack Frankie and then submit him with a guillotine or put him out or whatever. I can see that, but... If Frankie wants to wrestle, I just don't see him getting caught in anything. I think he's too good on top for that. Um, and Frankie's really good on top. Frankie's a, a dynamite wrestler, but uh, this might be one of those passing in the guard things where he dominated BJ three times. That was kind of a passing to him. I mean, I know the third time happened later in his career. This might be like, okay, Pedro, this might be your time now. You know, Frankie, I mean, what's next? Frankie, they cut 125. I mean, you know, Frankie's a good guy. He's, he's put a lot of wars in there. A lot of people love him. But I think it's time. Pedro's time. Pedro's time here. All right, so that's the card. Again, not the greatest card in the world, but I think we got some action. My little trick is this little trick, guys, okay? If you're watching a card that's not that great, that's a little, uh, here's the trick. You bet every fight, right? And <laughs> make everything interesting. I do like my picks, though. I, I took some time on this. I went, I mean, I took L's last week, guys. I need a rebound from that. I do like my underdog picks. I do like Every pick that I've made, obviously there's some risky ones in there. There's some ones you need to avoid, but yeah, I mean, if you know, that's it. I don't know. I don't want to go rehash everything we just talked about. I'm out of here, but uh, yeah, I think we're good. This you're gonna be hearing this on a Thursday. I'm gonna try to put them up a little earlier now. They give you time to uh, guys time to ingest them, to enjoy them. So yeah, enjoy the fights this weekend. I'll recap earlier next week, and then we got my boy Timbo coming on, going head to head with me for the August 29th card. Let go. Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? I say let her dance. Come on, baby.
escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Yeah. Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.